Hello, Disruptors, and welcome back to the 64th episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast with your host, Bennett Leon. And of course, we have the lovely Ashley Downing with us as well. Hello. Alrighty, guys. So today we are going to talk about... Um, a really interesting topic, something that we haven't talked about, but that's been in the news a lot since appearing on the Katie Halpert show. Um, and that is the topic of Tara Reed and uh, the sexual allegation assault um, or the, yeah, the sexual assault allegation uh, against Joe Biden. And there's a lot of hypocrisy. There's a lot of shit to talk about here and we're going to cover uh, all of it. We'll just jump right into it uh, where I think we should start is like a little history lesson on like what what she uh, like what she accuses him of doing right so basically Tara Reed was uh, a staffer of his back in the 90s right and um, Ashley correct me if I'm wrong on any of this or like if I, <laughs> if, I if I mess up or what all but um, yeah so she was a staffer of his in the 90s and while well, he was a senator and um, while like they were in the hallway, I guess there was like a semi-private hallway that uh, Joe Biden pushed her against the wall, and he uh, pushed her his like fingers and like penetrated her uh, with his fingers and stuff, and um, she pushed him away, and she he said all these disgusting things. We'll talk about uh, what exactly he talked, what he said, um, allegedly by Tara Reid, um, and. Um, what else happened from there? So basically she left the job. She ended up quitting. Uh, but mm -hmm. what's different about this compared to Dr. Um, Dr. Christine Blassie Ford, I believe was her full name um, against Brett Kavanaugh and like all these people who were uh, really with the Me Too movement at the time, not uh, completely agreeing with everything, um, throwing this guy behind bars already pra practically. Right. Um, but as you can see, it didn't work out that way. And what's uh, obviously really interesting about it is that they're kind of taking an opposite stance when it's against one of their own people, aka Joe Biden. Um, and yeah. we're going to see a lot of hypocrisy. That's going to be a kind of a reoccurring thing in this episode that you're going to see. And with a lot of people that you might respect and find interesting, um, people like Nancy Pelosi, Stacey Abrams even. Uh, that one kind of surprised me, to be honest. That one's a blow. Oof. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, she had potential. Um, but uh, Elizabeth Warren as well. Uh, I mean, you name it. These people are all vying for the VP spots and they don't give a fuck about anything or anyone. Kirsten Gillibrand. Her too, dude. That was worse. surprising. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but what's different about her compared to uh, Ford's allegation against Kavanaugh is that there's a lot of other people that can corroborate her story. Yeah. Her mother that called in to the Larry King show that has since been, the clip has since been deleted from, uh, uh, at least on their online archives for the show. Um, now it has to spread through people just sharing it because they, they took clips of it and shit. Yeah. So it's really interesting to kind of follow along, but let's go ahead and do it. Let's jump in. Um, let's start off with a video. Um, let me share my screen with you. So the video is going to be uh, from CNBC talking about how a new poll shows how voters are divided on Joe Biden uh, and the allegation 
um, of sexual assault by Tara Reid. Um, so we're going to see a couple moderators here from C, uh, CBSN, and we're also going to see Ryan Grimm, who is the DC Bureau Chief uh, for The Intercept. So it's a pretty, like, I, I recommend The Intercept, uh, although they have some kind of weird articles sometimes, I will mention, uh, but for the most part, they are pretty good. Ryan Grimm does a fantastic job he's been doing. He's been covering this. Uh, from the very beginning, basically, um, after appearing on the Katie Halpert show. So without, uh, so kudos yeah. to you, Ryan. That, that's really dope. Um, so let's go ahead and jump in. Yeah. Our respective homes uh, here in, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, I should say. And Anne-Marie, you are in Philadelphia. Uh, and there's still a lot of news to get to uh, as we've been listening to several press conferences, including New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. Uh, we heard Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Uh, we're also scheduled, of course, to hear from uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. But let's dig into some politics, Anne Marie. There's a new poll out that shows voters are divided on these sexual assault allegations against former Vice President Joe Biden. A Monmouth University poll released today shows nearly a third of Americans are unsure what to make of the allegations, while 32% say the allegations likely are not true. 37% of voters believe Tara Reid. Ryan Grimm is here to give us some insights into these claims. He is the Intercept's D.C. Bureau Chief and has been at the forefront of the reporting on Tara Reid. So thanks so much for joining us, Ryan. Let's start with your reporting. Uh, you published two pieces, one of which uncovered the Larry King clip featuring what is reportedly Tara Reid's mother. Let's take a listen to that. I'm wondering what... Um, uh a, a staffer uh, would do, do besides go to the press in Washington. My daughter has just left there uh, after working for a prominent senator and could not get through with her problems at all. And the only thing she could have done was go to the press, and she chose not to do it out of respect for him. Really interesting that she chose to do that out of respect for him, no? Yeah. I find that very it's, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it just really shows the times that excuse me, the times then also that women were really um, seen as being uh, uh, not, I wouldn't necessarily say less than men, but they were seen as being something that um, is like, yeah, it would be promiscuous almost, you know, mm. for her to come forward and for him, for her to be the one that jeopardizes his career and his name. It, I feel it would, it, her saying that makes it seem like she was doing it more out of fear of what it would do for him, mm -hmm. um, which says a lot about the times. And like we're going to find out right now, Ryan Grimm said that Tara Reid um, said to him that he that she felt really like um, she felt mortified when her mother when she found out that her mother called in to the Larry King show and started yeah. talking about her experience. But you're going to hear also Ryan Grimm lay down the facts lay down the facts with this stuff and basically point and say rule out every other um thing that it could be other than the mother of uh tara reed you know uh yeah. which people are, have been trying to say like how do you know who that is like the, that there's no name there there's no nothing there's no announcement um but he'll lay it out for you just real quick let's watch into your reporting how are you able to verify that this is reed's mother and what uh insight does this give us into what may have happened in 1993 
So we can pretty conclusively say that that was that was Reed's mother, uh, particularly because she mentioned to me during the course of the reporting that her mother called into the Larry King show and kind of mortified her by, uh, you know, mentioning her in a in a veiled way in her interaction with the, with the Biden office. Uh, when we originally uh, published the story, I hadn't been able to find the the, the video yet, uh, but she had kind of more or less accurately described the the thrust of of what the call was. Now she her memory was not was not perfect on it. The way that we can be pretty sure that that's her mother is that a her mother was living in San Luis Obispo at the time. That this is a caller from San Luis Obispo. Call is in August of 1993. She says her daughter just left the Senate office. Tara Reid left the Senate office in August of 1993. So the only way it could not be her is if there was some other mother living in San Luis Obispo whose daughter had also had problems in a Senate office and had also left in August of, of 1993. And the way that you can kind of dismiss that potential coincidence is that Tara mentioned the call to me before it, it was found. I mentioned the call on a podcast interview, and a listener to that podcast was actually able to find it using a transcription service that, that I, hadn't, I hadn't thought of using because I didn't realize that those some of those services went back to the, the early 1990s. But to your other question, it's important to, to talk about you know what what it what it confirms and what it doesn't confirm. So on the latter, it does not confirm uh, anything about a. Oh, I just will really quick want to pause it here because uh, this is, of course, uh, his response to the allegation, and I want to go over it because uh, they don't really say everything word by word. But um, I may not recall these moments the same way, but uh, and I may be surprised at what I hear, um, as if he has no idea what he did, uh, which he very well he very well might not. But if you don't. Bro, you shouldn't be running for the presidency. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's um, great. <laughs> um, but we have arrived at an important time, aka the Me Too movement, right? Uh, when women feel that they can and should relate their experiences, and men should pay attention, and I will. So we talked about this before, right, Ashley? So like, what was uh, what was our basically our consensus about like what he really meant here? Okay, well, I'm a person of words, and I like breaking down sentences and really like th looking at what the meaning behind these words are. Um, and to me, it really is saying that, like, when he says we have arrived at an important time, like you mentioned, he's talking about the Me Too movement, which, if we can all kind of recollect this time a few years ago, um, and even before that with Anita Hill, um, Democrats have been believe all women. I mean, with Brett Kavanaugh, it was like overboard, you know, like at, at, with, in, before and after the Brett Kavanaugh thing, it was like, no matter who comes forward, you have to believe them. Like due process was out the window. Um, and now he's kind of saying we've arrived at this hashtag me too movement time when people feel they can and should relate their experiences. So now he's kind of saying, oh, forget about everything else we did say about hashtag me too. Really what we're saying is that we've arrived at this time when women feel like they can come forward and discuss how they feel and they can tell us what they feel like happened. But 
I don't recall these moments the same way. So I'm kind of surprised and I'm going to listen and pay attention because that's really what this important time is all about is listening to women, not believing women. Um, and so I'll listen, but none of this is true because I don't recall these moments the same way. Uh, and I, what I think is just so fascinating is that like he has this like huge moral standing in, in the Democratic Party, right? Like he's running on like this premise against Donald Trump, like let's bring uh, morality back to America, um, like that whole thing. But like when you do things like this and you're, as, you're a creepy ass mofo and you're smelling people's hair and you're like... <laughs> Uh, getting really weird and like talking like talking about how kids used to like uh, put your Touch hair your yeah like your your leg the leg hair uh, when you were in the pool or some shit like that like what the fuck is that bro like this dude is such a huge weirdo I don't know I don't know it could be just like grandpa shit I don't know but like and I think that it's important to point out too that this is a very serious allegation. It's not like something, and I'm not trying to put down any any situation, but it's not like he went up to some girl who he thought liked him and grabbed her butt. This is not one of those type, not that I'm saying that that's okay, but I'm just saying that the type of culture that was present in the 90s, and even when I was in high school, to be honest with you, that was something that, that I think people, as bad as it is, it wasn't, um, um, it was almost like, a, like a, a, a thing of affection or like, you know, like I don't think that women really took it as being a sexual assault type situation, which is to not necessarily to say that that's not the case because for some women that it, that is what it is. But this is something where he physically put something of himself inside of somebody else without her permission. I mean, like I don't understand how more obvious of sexual assault this could get, and that for them to say that this is just oh, you know, no, you know, no, no, there's not enough evidence. There's no, it's no big deal or whatever. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Let's let due process take its course and see what happens. Absolutely. Um, so while you were talking, I, I thought it was a great time to just pull up this little snippet of the article that we were going to bring up by uh, oh, yeah. New York Post. Um, and once again, the title of this is the hashtag Me Too hypocrites who've gone silent for Joe Biden. Um, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because uh, a it brings up the 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 topic of the hypocrites of the Democratic Party that have uh, that were really vocal during the Me Too movement, uh, but have since gone silent or completely rejected anything or or endorsed the due process of the situation. Uh, basically taking the safe route or whatnot, uh, something that they didn't want to do uh, when it was Kavanaugh up there on the stand to take the, to take all the hits. So um, let's talk about what she uh, alleges for him. So Reed says that when she pushed back, uh, once again, this is like when they're in the hallway, right? Uh, that scene where in the hallway, he just pushed like, her against the wall. Um, I'm assuming he just put his fingers inside of her. Oh, you can see it right here. It's actually right here. Mm -hmm. So it's been disgusting and dispiriting to watch the treatment of Tara Reed, a former Biden staffer who alleges that 
As a member of his staff in 1993, the senator pinned her against a wall in a quasi-private hallway, stuck his hand underneath her skirt, and shoved his fingers inside of her. Reed says that when she pushed back, Biden said, oh, man, <laughs> like, doesn't, okay, like, when I, when I read this, like, doesn't this totally sound like Joe Biden, like something he would say, oh, man, I heard you liked me, like, he, he says he says stuff like that now. Like, I feel like that's totally believable. Uh, she goes on, to, or he goes on to say, you're nothing to me. Um, before roughing her by the shoulders and telling her, you're okay, you're fine, and walking off. Like, how is this dude any different and less terrorizing than Donald Trump? Well, and if, honestly, the his rhetoric is exactly what a perpetrator would say or somewhere along the lines of something like that to intimidate somebody to not want to say anything, to say that, you know, oh, well, I thought that this is something that you wanted. You know, I, I'm this senator. You're nothing. Um, no, as in no one's going to believe you sort of thing. Um, it's crazy. They're telling the same thing to the Democratic Party, like their base right now with the elections, you know? Yeah. Same thing, basically. It's absolutely it's insane. It's crazy. All right, let's go ahead and resume the video. Sexual assault. Uh, what, what, it, what it does do is it buttresses her credibility because there's a, there's a lot of, there are a lot of questions around whether or not she actually filed a complaint, whether or not she complained at the time about uh, anything going on with, with the Biden office. And this is evidence that she had talked to her mother about uh, complaints with the Biden office that were significant enough that the press would, would care about them. So it, 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 it puts away the possibility that she only in 2019 decided to start coming forward with utterly fabricated uh, complaints. Like it, it, it demonstrates that, that this goes back to her time there. You know, when her friend, uh, Linda Lacoste, came out uh, just no. recently saying that she told her about the assault in 1995 or 1996, sitting on the front steps in front of their, uh, you know, their apartment building, you know, that also adds to the fact that she's been telling this story you know, consistently uh, since you know, <clears throat> the early 1990s. Now, there's also a friend of hers who's, who's anonymous at this point doesn't want to doesn't want her name used who she told about this at the time she also said she told her mother her mother has passed away but this call gives some credibility to the claim that she was talking to her mother about problems that she was having with the Biden office it's all really information because this is something that you know she's alleging happened alleging happened decades ago it's difficult to provide proof so, like, watch how, like, he'll kind of, like, say all this stuff that he's learned about, like, all this, uh, all this reporting that he's done over all these months with uh, Tara Reid, like, all these people that I'm sure he's had to talk to to compile all this evidence. But I, what I want you guys to notice, if you aren't as avid news, news watchers, is how these moderators, and you'll see this, this is a reoccurring thing in, uh, in the news, um, but they'll kind of push back against their, uh, their, whoever they're having on their show as long as, it, as long as they don't agree with them, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that's what you're going to see here. Uh, like, I, I started at the beginning of here, and I wanted to pause it to kind of highlight it for you guys, just so you are aware that they are kind of like putting their own twist on it, which is mm -hmm. what ultimately all these news outlets do. 
at all. Some of the people who were working in his office say they don't recall any issues with her. And so it is important that uh, people know that there are others who say they do remember her talking about it at the time or shortly after it. Um, you are another really interesting piece about the uh, Time's Up movement and how Time's Up did not seem interested in Reed's story. Why do you think that is? So they, they were, I would characterize it differently, they were interested in, in the story and they interacted with Reed over the course of, of several weeks and Reed for a while thought that Time's Up was going to take and, and, and fund her case. It, it turned out that that didn't happen. The, the reason that they have said they decided not to was on legal advice. So Time's Up is a 501c3 uh, tax-exempt nonprofit which is housed under the National Electric Law Center. And they, they said that uh, according to the legal advice that they were given, that because Joe Biden is running for federal office, that that would implicate their tax exempt. Okay, so let's talk about this. Right, so Me Too, um, or Time's Up is this organization. I'm gonna actually, I pulled up this one resource so we could kind of have it. Um, this is from Time's Up, uh, their website. Mm. Um, and once again, they, this is their about section. And in here, they, they say, we insist upon a world where everyone is safe and respected at work, a world where women have an equal shot at success and security, a world where no one lives in fear of sexual harassment or assault. So basically, this is an organization that protects women when uh, issues of sex or cases of sexual assault occur in the workplace, mm -hmm. which would fit the bill for Tara Reid, right? Exactly. So, but that's what's very interesting. So that's why they even had this correspondence with Terry in the very beginning, like, okay, like, let's talk, like, what can we do for you? This sounds dope. And when they found out, oh, shit, this is Joe Biden we're talking about. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Why? Because, I mean, they're literally telling us why. Because they could jeopardize uh, their nonprofit status. So they're being very selective on who, they're, um, who fits the criteria for who, like, who they can go after. You know, it's not just anybody anymore. It's everybody except Joe Biden or any of the really powerful people that can threaten their organization, which is yeah. shitty, shitty in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, so let's go ahead and continue this unless you uh, want to comment anything else. No. Okay, sounds good. Uh, status and it would look like they were participating in, in electioneering. You could certainly, I think, find tax lawyers uh, who, who would back up some element of a conservative uh, interpretation like that. Uh, more commonly, you find uh, find tax lawyers who would say that, you know, as long as your your organization is following a, a, a strict set of criteria, in other words, as long as Time's Up is doing what it does, which is represent women who have allegations against men in male-dominated industries, then it doesn't matter if that man happens to be also running for uh, federal office at the time. Brian, um, what did you make of uh, former Vice President Biden's interview that he gave to MSNBC? And I understand, of course, that uh, that's a friendly news network, uh, uh, but the interview uh, did hit upon a lot of the questions that you raised in some of your reporting, um, specifically with regards to the complaints uh, that Ms. Reid may have lodged uh, with the uh, Senate 
Um, and the vice president uh, said that he was asking or directing or um, uh, requesting that the Senate release uh, any records um, or any uh, information that Ms. Reed may have given to them back in 1993. There was some question over his files at the University of Delaware. Um, you, you know, there are some who are saying that uh, Democrats are in danger of coming off as hypocrites uh, because of the, uh, of the the accusations that were lobbied against uh, Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh and former Senator Al Franken. And there are others who are saying, well, at least he's addressing them, um, albeit in an interview that he gave on MSNBC. He hasn't done it often, unlike the President of the United States, who's had multiple um, instances of women who've come forward to allege sexual assault um, or misconduct, and he has not denied um, all of them. So I, I wonder how you read what the vice president is doing as far as answering um, these these claims made by by Ms. Reed is he is he being transparent enough for you? Right, he had a fine he've had a fine line to walk because you know politicians in general don't want to give extra oxygen to allegations until they absolutely have to. Uh, Democrats in particular don't want it to look like they are. Uh, you know, they're, they're not believing women or, or they're not listening to women or they're not giving women a chance to be heard. So his line to walk is to, he, he was trying to deny this particular allegation without attacking kind of the, the, the Me Too movement uh, more broadly or women's, women's right to be heard in this space. You know, there have been so many advances made by the Me Too movement since, since 2017, which are uh, under assault now. And he, he doesn't want uh, to be blamed for helping to roll back the the Me Too movement. When it came to his his papers, I don't think he handled that part uh, per, particularly well because re Republicans are extraordinarily anxious to get a storyline going that that Joe Biden needs to open up his University of Delaware papers, and it's not simply to look for a. The papers are going to be the new uh, Hillary Clinton's emails. That's what it's going to be. It, I'm calling or, it right now. Yeah, or Trump's tax returns. Except for that wouldn't be a really good one because nothing ever happened with it and it went straight to shit. I mean, I guess... People are Hillary still Clinton, fighting. I know. People are still fighting for it. I think I just read the other day something about a New York judge saying that he had to to, to turn them over. Uh, but I, I don't want to be quoted saying that, but I'm pretty sure I read, I read that. I, I mean, I hope so. I hope I hope you're right. Um, but this dude doesn't want to give it the up. fact yeah. of the matter is, if you have evidence that could possibly prove something, why wouldn't you want to look at it? Whether it's going to prove it or not, it would prove it or not. So let's mm -hmm. look at it. Exactly. But that's what the dude, like, is hiding. Like, oh, like, it kind of... That's what you meant by like the tax returns. Like he's hiding something by that. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. okay, okay. I thought you meant like in the other. Okay, never mind. Whatever. <laughs> so, um, okay. So let's go ahead and continue the video. Piece of paper that might confirm that Tara Reid had filed a, a complaint around harassment at the time. It's, it's really to do similarly to what, what they did to Hillary Clinton with with John Podesta's emails, which is produced you know, in the final months of the campaign, a drip, drip, drip of negative stories, because reporters would love nothing more than to years of, uh, of files and look for his letters to segregations, looks for his interactions with uh, foreign leaders, look for anything else, because most of what he did throughout his political career 
puts him on the opposite side of where the Democratic Party is today politically. So the Trump campaign would be able to use that to drive a wedge uh, between Biden and his and his potential voters. So by kind of tamping down or try, trying to kind of shut down a search of, of those papers, he, he probably played into the, the trap there because journalists are going to side with, with transparency. I think a smarter move, and I think this is where he, he might ultimately end up, would be to say, okay, look, uh, you, you, I don't think that any personnel records related to Tara Reid are, are in those files, but I will ask the University of Delaware to run a search strictly limited to papers for Tara Reid, and then once you, once you have done that, then you've then you've satisfied that particular demand. And but what did he actually do? He stood there. He sat there, and he said, "There, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Don't even don't even look for it. There's nothing there." They're like, "Well, you can do this. You can do that. Why would you look for it? Why would you look for it? It's not there. It's by definition, it's not there. Like, what the fuck? Like, why would you just keep repeating that? Fucking psychopath." Well, and and the thing is, is if if this was any other sexual assault allegation, if somebody walked into a police station and said, hey, this happened to me, and there are some sort of records out there that could prove whether it happened or didn't happen, even a possibility that it could prove something or not, they would go look for it. I think so, too. <laughs> I mean, I think so too. But I mean, I, that's the crazy world we live in, the hypocrisy that exists uh, in our political world today, and of course, um, in our government. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in to this episode. We really appreciate your time. Make sure to tell your mom, your dad, your kids, uh, your grandma. <laughs> uh, I know you can't touch everybody right now, but you can always send them a quick text like, yo, hey, there's a new uh, dope podcast. He just talked about this Tara Reid thing. Super dope. Go ahead. Check it out. A lot of, a lot of information in there. So I can already see those text messages going out <sighs> like that one, those email, whatever. <laughs> Uh, but yeah dope so um, anything you want to mention before we go uh, no give us a five star review oh yeah <laughs> give us a five star review on Apple Podcast guys we are an up and coming progressive podcast um, and we only seek to educate you guys to make the world a better place uh, educate you to make better um, decisions at the ballot box definitely so let's go ahead and wrap up thanks again for tuning in and we will see you on the next episode. Bye.